everyone. Welcome to Building Voices. My name is Rebecca Tavener and I'm an associate here in the London office of the ICE Disputes team at CMS. We've released a couple of podcasts in this series and today's topic of discussion is mediation in the construction and infrastructure sectors. The ICE Disputes team specialises in contentious construction work both domestically and internationally and we benefit from a broad range of specialists in the team. In light of our team's expertise, we wanted to record a series of podcasts discussing topical issues that are relevant to the construction industry and have a disputes focus. This morning, I have the pleasure of being joined by Shona Frame, a partner in our team. Shona is experienced in all forms of construction and infrastructure dispute resolution. I'm also joined by Jane Fender Allison, a senior associate in our team. Jane is an experienced disputes lawyer and mediator who has specialised for over 10 years in the resolution of infrastructure, construction and energy disputes in the UK and internationally. Today's podcast focuses on the early identification and management of disputes and specifically the use of mediation as a means of alternative dispute resolution. So welcome Shona and Jane, thank you for being here today. I'd like to kickstart this conversation by asking why is mediation such a hot topic? Well, thanks, Rebecca. Mediation isn't new for the construction industry, and the, the industry will be very familiar with mediation clauses um, commonly found in standard forms of construction contracts. But what we've seen more recently is that those clauses have been set against the backdrop of a growing momentum around ADR, alternative forms of dispute resolution in the construction industry. We see that through the UK government guidance and Construction Leadership Council guidance in the context of COVID, where they've been encouraging the use of negotiation, mediation and other forms of ADR but also more recently through the, and more widely actually, through the government's construction playbook and the RICS conflict avoidance pledge, which encourages the early resolution of potential disputes. So mediation is, is one of those routes and it's something that, that we think is, is gaining in importance and in use in the construction industry. That's right. Shona, I, I think on top of that, we've also had some hard data telling us about the use of mediation in the UK. And that's been through the CEDAR audit, the Centre for Effective Dispute Resolution, which carries out mediation audits every couple of years, has done since the early 2000s. So it has a, a bank of mediation data to benchmark against. What it does is survey civil and commercial mediators in the UK. So it's valuable insight to see what the state of mediation is. And the figures from this latest audit, some of them really stand out for the year to March 2020. So immediately before the pandemic kicked in in the UK, cases were £17.5 billion worth were mediated and £4.6 billion worth of savings were made from the quicker and more effective resolution of commercial disputes. And there was a 38% increase in the number of cases mediated since the last audit. So I think all of that sits with our understanding that the popular popularity and the use of mediations can continuing to grow. 
Thank you. That's very that's very interesting, especially to understand all those facts and figures about um, mediation. Um, what impact do you think has there been due to not being able to mediate in person over the last year? Mm, it's a, a good question. The net result has been there's been an absolute explosion of online mediation in 2020 and 2021. I suppose it's been quite a workable option for parties in the circumstances. But what's happened is whilst there was online mediation before, it's now become mainstream. So commercial disputes, high value disputes, multi-party disputes, it's now quite normal for that to happen online. And that's something that would have taken years uh, to get to if it hadn't been for the, the present circumstances. I think a question that comes out of that is to what extent is online mediation here to stay? And of course, no one knows the answer to that yet, but there certainly seems to be an appetite for it to continue. And I think what we're seeing is a mix of online and in-person mediations emerging, including in some cases hybrid mediation, where part of the mediation may be online or one of the parties may come along online while others are in person. So I think there's lots more to come on that. And do you have any view on sort of what is mediation, but more importantly, what, what isn't mediation? Well, <clears throat> mediation, I guess the the standard definition would be that it's a it's a facilitated negotiation conducted by an independent third party mediator who works with the parties uh, to attempt to allow them to resolve their disputes. Um, it's a route to a commercially robust outcome. The mediator does not issue any decisions generally. Um, unless you've got an evaluative form of mediation, which is a different kettle of fish. But um, it's, it's really to allow parties the space to negotiate. What it isn't is a soft option, a horse trade or a way to split the difference in a dispute. I think what clients will be interested to understand is um, the view of the courts. We know what view do the courts take of mediation? Mm. Well, there have actually been quite a lot of discussions just recently about ADR in general, of which mediation is a very important part. And there have been some pretty clear signals from senior figures in the judiciary about integrating ADR into the court process to a much greater extent. In fact, there's been discussion about the ultimate integration of ADR, so much so that it would no longer be alternative. So there's been this uh, renewed support for the increased use of ADR, I'd say. But meantime, the position is that there is no compulsion to mediate, and that's for the sort of cases we're talking about, a construction dispute in the courts, not talking about employment or family law situations, which are slightly different. But the upshot of the civil procedure rules, case law and pre-action protocol is such that if parties unreasonably refuse to mediate as part of their along the way in their court action, then they risk cost sanctions. So by that, I mean, for example, if they get to the end of their case and they're successful, they might not get their costs back from the other side in the usual way. So that's potentially quite a significant penalty. So that is the position that there is no compulsory mediation, but some people say, well, we effectively have to do it anyway. And that's part of a wider debate about whether mediation will become compulsory uh, in the future. So following our 
uh, review of pre-action protocols at the end of last year. We're expecting to see more on that come, come our way shortly. And taking a step back, um, what, what's in it for the construction industry? Uh, what, why should the construction industry be interested in mediation? Mm, that's a really good question, Rebecca, because when you look at what the construction industry has already, it makes good use of litigation and arbitration. It can go to expert determination and, of course, significant amounts of statutory adjudication. So why would you want to throw another form of dispute resolution into the mix? And I would say that the, the benefits, the well-known benefits of mediation sit really well with uh, typical construction disputes. So mediation saves time when projects can face tight deadlines and they can't afford for a, a dispute to hold things up. It saves money when profit margins are traditionally small and it preserves commercial relationships. So parties may often be working with each other again or they're developing long-term operational assets in a PFI situation where that's very important. But on top of that, I think it works well for other challenges specific to constructions. So for complex and technical disputes, you can have your experts heavily involved. You can pick your own mediator, someone technical or legal, depending on what suits you best. And there's a real flexibility of process which can look at these issues in as much detail as required and build processes around them. And of course, you can have more than one party involved pretty easily. So if there are problems up and down the contractual chain or a mix of design and construction issues which fall across different parties, then that can all be incorporated into the, the mediation process. Yeah, I, I think all of that is absolutely right, Jane. And I guess I would add that mediation really has very much taken its place in the menu of options available to the industry. It allows parties to engage in a, a robust commercial discussion, basing that discussion on a reality-checked risk assessment of their positions. It allows the parties to reach a common understanding of each other's positions, which can quite often be missing. Um, and also to understand the issues and the interests which lie behind those positions and then to explore potential solutions. And I think one of the really valuable things about mediation is the solutions can be more tailor-made than the, in the constraints available in a third-party determination. Um, so for example, renegotiating contract terms, um, agreeing a different way of working more effectively going forward can be on the table as opposed to just the strict contractual rights and remedies which you would find in other forms of dispute resolution. I think what I'm picking up there is the key um, the key thing to realise about mediation is its flexibility and, um, and that can be a very attractive uh, tool for our clients. Um, and in that respect, what, what do you think you can do to use mediation most effectively considering its flexibility and the options that are available there? Well, I, you're absolutely right in terms of the flexibility, Rebecca. The, the construction industry is well used to undertaking risk assessments for the sort of work that it undertakes for its business as usual activities. And mediation, I see, as being a process which extends that risk assessment approach into the management and resolution of disputes. Um, it also allows parties to stay in control 
of achieving the outcomes that they want um, is a process which is sort of low risk in a way in that if it's open to the parties to leave the process at any time, although the mediator will, will do their best to keep parties at the table. Um, but it, it, it's that maintaining control over the outcome, which I think is important. Um, I think in terms of using it most effectively with that background, thorough preparation is, is one of the, the, the things which is absolutely essential. And that came across loud and clear in the CEDAR audit, which Jane mentioned earlier, where mediators uh, flagged thorough preparation as really one of the, the key aspects of success in a mediation process. And what that means is being absolutely clear what outcomes it is that you're looking for from the process, understanding the strengths and weaknesses of your case, but also the other side's positions, and taking a realistic view, albeit privately, of what the alternative outcomes are to a negotiated resolution. What does that look like if there's no deal in terms of the potential outcome for the dispute itself, the costs, the management time, and then other commercial consequences? So taking that really wide view of what's the alternative to a deal. There's so much to say on this bit of the topic. There is. Thanks, Shona. I, I think that feeds in well, actually, to another point that came across from the CEDAR audit about uh, one of the top bits of advice from mediators had been around remembering that negotiation in mediation is a process of persuasion. So in terms of thinking when you're in the mediation, who's there, the, the decision makers with the authority to do the deal, people who know the details, such as your, your project managers, along with the experts who will have the inside knowledge about the quantum delay, technical issues, etc. You might also have insurers there if there are other uh, PI issues, etc. So what the parties have to do is think about what information is essential to allow all of those parties to work together and get to a decision on the day and what's going to unlock the issues in negotiation to persuade the decision maker on the other side to reach a deal. And then there's all sorts of things that can be done. It comes back to that flexibility of the process that we touched on earlier in terms of thinking about creative solutions in the project and longer term goals, thinking about combinations of remedial works or cash settlements or installments of cash payments to fit cash flow models, etc. So there's a lot that can be done. It's really important that parties work closely with the mediator and helping them to reach that unlocking of the, the dispute and work towards the, the resolution as effectively as possible. Well, thank you both very much. I think what we've learned today is that it is uh, worth becoming familiar with what mediation can offer. Um, and even though it is just one tool available in the sort of ADR toolbox, it's an important one that shouldn't be overlooked and should be um, seriously considered by by clients who, who find themselves in a situation where uh, negotiation might be a very good option. Shona, Jane, many thanks for joining me today. Um, to everybody listening, thank you for joining. And we look forward to next time where we'll be discussing further topical issues impacting on the construction industry. Thank you.